the goal is to make board games a safe place for your kids and not just safe, but fun and enjoyable. So molding that, like taking the game framework and molding it to your kids will change how they interact with and bring them back to the table again for more because it was a safe place for them, but also fun for everyone. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Hello, hello, Blissful Parents. Michelle Abraham here, your host. I am super excited. I have a really exciting guest here today. I've got Stephen Lentz here with me today. And what's cool about Stephen is that I was a podcast guest on his show, Subject to Change, not that long ago. And we got to talking about parenting. And Stephen is a parent and a firefighter, EMT, and entrepreneur, father of two. And he mentioned to me that he has written this book all about board games, is the guide to board gaming. Um, which is super cool. And I was like, well, we got to bring you on Blissful Parenting and talk about that. So Stephen, welcome to Blissful Parenting. Oh, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here and be able to chat with you and talk to your audience a little bit. You're welcome. Well, I think it's really cool that you've written a book. I mean, I, we live like where, where our family was like our summer vacation home. And so in the summer vacation home that's off the grid, obviously there was a lot of board games and a lot of games that happen in this house. So our family is all about games. And so it's nice to see another family that is also all about games. And it's kind of interesting how games have kind of like, like game board games and like card games and things that kind of like aren't really a thing anymore in a lot of families. So share with us, like, what's your passion about with, with board games? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up playing board games. Right? Like when I was six, seven, eight years old, we would have family game night. Actually, sorry, before then. Um, but every Friday night was family game night. And we would play Monopoly, Risk, and Acquire. And Monopoly quickly dropped off because it was just like, you know, it's a mouse trap. You roll your dice, you move your mouse, you buy the property you land on, and you just like do that for five hours and you're done. But the more strategy games we'd play and play. And then one night, I think it was like seven or something. My, I was sleeping and my parents walked in and I was in my sleep going, roll a six, roll a six. <laughs> and my parents were like, oh my gosh, we're, we're ruining this kid. We need to stop playing Risk and like, we need to turn this down a little bit. And I was like, you know, like, man, why aren't we like playing these games anymore? Like, oh, you know, we're just gonna, we're trying something different. So you'd go to like Yahtzee and Scrabble and these other, you know, different ones. But we came back to the strategy games later. But I've always enjoyed board games. They've always been a part of like my growing up and, was I grew up military, so we moved around every two to four years. 
And having a family game night was one of those few things that was like a regular thing I could count on, regardless of mm-hmm. if I was in Arizona or Ohio or New York or wherever it was that I was living at the time. Like I knew that this was something that I had. And being an adult now, like I still love games. I will I'll play any video game you give me. I love board games. Like that's my preferred modality of gaming. And I have some game groups that I go play with, but like I have games on my shelf that I'm waiting for my kids to get old enough to play. And I've been saving them. Like, oh, I hope they like this game. I can't wait to play with them. And, you know, getting your five-year-old to play a heavy strategy game just usually doesn't work out very well. (laughs) I was like, how do I bridge the gap of these like, and I feel bad saying that, but like these super lame kid games to like the fun thinking games that games have evolved into. And like board games have changed significantly from, you know, 20, 30 years ago from when I started playing games to today. And it's, you know, there's games of all skill ranges and ages. And I mean, it's like going out to eat, right? You have American cuisine, like hot dogs and hamburgers, and you can go Vietnamese, you can get Thai food or Japanese food. Like, you have a smorgasbord, like there's a food for any type of person out there. And the same now is true for games where before you had, you know, a couple games to choose from, but now it's like, you like strategy? Cool. You like deck building or drafting or dudes on a map where you're like claiming resources and moving people around, like negotiation, okay. you know, party, like you name a genre or an interest or any sort of thing. And you're going to find a type of game that you're going to enjoy mm. because it's not necessarily about like winning, which we can get into like playing to win, but it's about enjoying what you're doing with people that you're doing it with. Yeah. And I think it's that experience of like family bonding, like over a game is, is always great. I mean, we had three generations of people usually at a table playing a game together, whether it's like a dice game or we have one called Mexican train or mm-hmm. ones that the kids could play, but the grandparents Classic could play dominoes. like, yeah, something that's like really fun for everyone to do and what i didn't mention when i was introducing your book it's like your book's called the guide to board gaming but it's like getting beyond candyland and i love that because that you're that's what you're saying there's lots of different strategies of you know just the the typical game that comes to mind um first mm-hmm. and i mean how many variations of monopoly i have in my house is probably like <laughs> six because you have like the city one the disney one the, the star wars one I'm like the, this is yeah. the same game <laughs> um so a couple of the games that are like, so I have six, uh, no, seven and 10 year olds, mm-hmm. boy and girl. And so some of the games that are really hot in our house right now um, is called, one's called, um, <laughs> it's a long one. It's pizza, cat, <laughs> goat, cheese, pizza, or pizza, no, cat, cat, <laughs> cat goat, cheese, pizza. <laughs> game have you heard of that one i have not oh my gosh that one's fun because it's like you got to keep saying that name those names um you uh-huh. put a card down you say like pizza and if you're putting the card down as you're saying pizza and you happen to have a pizza card then everyone slaps in it's like playing like um snap and uh, everyone mm-hmm. slaps their hands in and so that one's really fun for like the younger kids because they can get it. And there's mm-hmm. one same one called avocado um, something. And it's the same sort of thing where it's like you're counting with the avocados at the numbers. And if you say the number and the number goes on the card at the same time, then everyone slaps it. And the last person to put their hand in loses or whatever. <laughs> and so those ones are really fun for like the, the younger, the younger ones. Any good games in your house these days? Yeah. I mean, you're just like unlocked 
key memories for me. I think it's it very similar to Spoons, if I remember yeah. correctly. Like yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I mean, we we started out with, and again, like, you know, we had like the goal, the go fish and the, you know, hoot owl hoot, where you draw old <laughs> yeah. maid, right? Like you draw a card and like, oh, it's yellow. I move on to the yellow spot and you draw a card. And I'm like, oh, blue, you move to the blue spot, right? Like the super, super simple ones. Sorry, my that eight... was a good one. That was, that was the young, the younger kids, like sorry, right? With the different mm-hmm. colors. Yeah, sorry. Sorry is a good classic, right? Like, there's nothing wrong wrong with like the simple classic games. Um, but I get like I love like the intricate strategy, and so that's my goal is to like bring my kids past the Candylands and those ones. So right now, my my eight year old he's playing X Wing Minis with me, which is like a 3D dog fighting miniatures game where you <laughs> like you make your Star Wars list of like ships and you fight each other with maneuvers and stuff it's it's really cool it's you know spatial and tactile and strategy but i mean he can play pretty much almost any game that i have been saving for you know when he's 14 15 16 just because kids are smart and we don't give them the credit right the box would be like oh for 14 plus i'm like mm, i know my eight-year-old can like figure this out if i'm patient with him and we go through it a couple times like yeah. he can absolutely get this but my five-year-old and the difference is attention span and how they interact with games Mm-hmm. she's the like 10 minute game she's done mm-hmm. right so it's like your sorry and your suro yeah. um suro is great for like the short attention span or like getting a game to the table that is quick to put out quick to put away are, are you familiar with it no i don't know that how do you spell that one t-s-u-r-o t-s-u-r-o okay cool yeah and i think the box is like it's a red and beige box with like a dragon on it or something but it's a tile laying game. And so you have a board and you each have three tiles and you put a tile down and you drop a tile, right? It's like, it's as simple as it gets. And on the tile has paths that go to the different, you know, spots on it and you just move your person. So the goal is to be the last person on the map because all roads lead off the map. And so if you end up, you know, getting pushed off and you're done, and so it's just, it's a like five to eight minute elimination game, essentially, mm-hmm. if you just, you know, you put your towel down to it, but it's good for her because she can follow it. Yeah. But, or like Ticket to Ride. There's Days of Wonder makes very good games that are simple. So it's your Ticket to Ride, um, Small World, Cargo Noir. They've got a whole host of games. They're, they're great. The artwork is beautiful. They just, they do a phenomenal job with the artwork. And it's a, a pleasure to look at the games when you play them. No, that's um, cool. Yeah, yeah they're, cool. they're so good. We have a um, card version of the Ciro, but it's called um, Saboteur, um, where it's like similar mm-hmm. thing. It's like with cards and they're like miners and they're trying to get through a tunnel and they come, someone is trying to knock them off by tricking them as to which way the tunnel goes. So it's kind of like that. It's like almost like the next strategy level up. So then it's like there, there's a little bit of strategy involved in that one. That was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, I realized I need to treat my daughter differently than my eight year old. Cause at five, like he was, you know, able to start playing these longer games. Like, you know, it'd be a one off of because he's got like, you know, sit down for an hour and a half to play a strategy game with me. And then after that, you know, he'll be good for like 40 minutes next time he plays it, but he could like play through and get the game. Whereas my daughter is like, if it's not like stimulating right now, I'm out. Like she's gone. So we have tiny epic dinosaurs, which is the tiny epic games are great. They're you know short and they're quick. But she played it through all the way the first time with us, which I was surprised. And like she loves dinosaurs, which is you know if you can get thematically with your kids, that 
they'll be into it. But now she doesn't play the game with us. She just takes all the dinosaur pieces and she's the dino rancher. And then when someone <laughs> like gets a dino, they have to request it from her and then she like ships it off to them. <laughs> and so you go, you get a special line like, here, Viv, I have an order for you. And she'll look at the dinosaur card and be like, ah, this is your dinosaur. And she'll pass it back <laughs> or I'll like give her the dice tower and roll the dice and she'll roll for us whenever that happens. But like we find other ways to get her involved in the game mm-hmm. playing, even though she's not like an active participant within that anymore of the actual game itself, but she wants to be part of it. And we want her to, you know, be part of it as well. And I think down the line, like maybe she'll find a game or something that she enjoys that she wants to do. But mm. I mean, this, you can go like deep game philosophy of like, you know, how your kids interact with and getting into it, but doing what's right for the kid instead of like pressure, like, Hey, you need to play you the game. This way right. That's what the rules say. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like, figuring out how she can be a part of it. Or when we play Ticket to Ride, she has her own trains. She plays on the board. She puts her stuff out, but she's not actually like part of the game. She's just building trains and we build around her and she understands she has to share tracks if like we need those tracks to play on. But Mm. we find ways to incorporate her and she enjoys it, even though she's not, you know, playing the game the right way or whatever. So I think I like deviated a long time from your question, but no, it was great. (laughs) I think it's more of a conversation about like what cool games are happening. And I think that's great. Um, We have like a little bit of generational stuff going on where it's like, you know, the, the older generation has to play by the rules and we cannot do any around the rules. So Mm -hmm. I, as a parent trying to adapt to like letting the kids play, just like you were saying, right let them still be involved and, and they play in their own way until they're old enough to um, take it on. And one of the games that we um, grew up playing a lot that I really liked was Yahtzee. And um, yeah. it's funny how you started this whole conversation about your parents getting worried about you because you were talking about rolling a six in your sleeve. My brother also, when we were camping, would yell Yahtzee in the middle of the night. <laughs> so it's interesting that those games, like, really, like, like, you know, you they always say, like, whatever you put in your brain before you go to bed, like, is what helps, like, formulate how you sleep, right? <laughs> so playing those strategy games right before bed is going to yeah. give some kids some all sorts of crazy wild dreams. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, I think I actually, one of the chapters in my book is called, like, a rule is to break or something like that, going back to, like, the generational thing of... Mm-hmm you know, you have to play by the rules. And it's kind of like, what is the outcome that we're going for now? Because a big part of why I play with my kids and like my eight-year-old, I don't let him win all the time. Like I believe in absolutely crushing his spirit every now and then and just demoralizing him because he needs to learn how to lose as well, right? Like he needs to learn how to win and be a good winner when he wins. And he needs to learn how to lose and be a good winner when he loses. But I don't want the victory condition of the game to be why he plays. Right. Right. Because if you only play to win, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm. Right? Like, I'm only going to have fun if I get first place. Well, any sports athlete will tell you that is a sure way to failure and depression and anxiety. Like, if you want to suck the joy out of something, like make winning the condition of having fun. Right. And so when it comes to board games, that's my approach is like, hey, like, we're going to do it. So we're having fun. And like, he might be disappointed about losing. I'm like, Hey, I get it. Right. Like you wanted to win. And I, you know, we all want to win, but did you have a good time? I was telling me like, yeah, I did have a good time. I was like, okay, well, was this good then? It's like, yeah, it was good. Okay. I was like, you want to play again? He goes, yeah, let's play again. I'm like, cool. All right. Like 
navigating that that winning and losing thing, but also like if a rule in a game doesn't work for your family, you don't have to play it. Right? Like just because the board maker is like, this is my vision for the game of how it works out and like you shouldn't do this. So what? Right? Like they're they're not in your family unit like looking over your shoulder being like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, come from Milton Bradley's and spank you because you did this wrong. Like I think Monopoly, like everyone put two hundred dollars in the like free parking or something, and you land on it and get like I don't think that's in the rules. I think that's a house rule that like everyone adopted. (laughs) But you know, like, and so when it comes to playing games with your kids, it's okay to be flexible, mania, and be like, you know what, we're just gonna skip like this other half of the game. Like maybe we'll just do this part, or maybe you know, playing a more complicated game just looks like we pull it out, and the kids play with half the rules because attention spans and you know fun and learning and my my kid can't stand it if we pull out a game that i haven't played in like five years and like hey but i need to read the rule like i need to freshen up as we're learning this up and i'm trying to like figure out the setup and stuff and i know that i'm like i can watch in his eyes i'm just losing him like i gotta like figure this out but if i pull it on like hey man like i don't know if we're gonna do it all the like the correct way but i can get us started and we can play and we'll we'll just have fun and like we'll figure it out as we go yeah. That works really well. And yes, I'm not maybe doing it necessarily correct. Right. That doesn't matter because the goal isn't to play correct, just like the goal isn't to win. The goal is to have fun. And yeah. in the end, this is why I wrote that book is like, I want to help families figure out how to play with their kids mm-hmm. and how to nurture them and grow and get them past Candyland, right? Because everything has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. And Candyland is fun the first 50 times you play it, but you kind of want to graduate and do something different after a while. For sure. But if you don't know the next steps, it's hard to get there. Yeah. And I also think, too, like, we're competing with a lot of, like, screen time these days, too. And so uh, enticing the kids back to a puzzle or a board game or something like that. I think I love the idea of how your family was making it, like, game night. And this is what we do. We do game night. And we do it together as a family. And, you know, and you can always rotate different games based on mm-hmm. who's playing. And, you know, so that's, you know, the younger ones get some, some a good game time in and then the older ones too. But, you know, it's hard to engage everyone through the whole thing. We do have this um one game called Canasta. I don't know if you ever played it. It's a, a card game. Canasta mm-hmm. has got strategy. It's complicated. It's a lot. My, um, my father-in-law gets a bit cranky when he doesn't win it <laughs> but but it's something that like the, it can be called canasty like if you're not if you're not careful mm-hmm. kids, like started to learn it and they really love the strategy of it too so i love finding games like that that everyone seems to really enjoy and like you know i can can make it work for them uh and there's not that there's not that many games we've found so far that works for all three generations but that is one that is one that has been pretty good so far yeah and i mean depending on how many people you're playing with i mean i can help you find some recommendations for good games as well but like the four player games if it's like you and a couple kids or like i forget how many kids you have two two okay yeah perfect so i mean like doing 500 or spades or hearts like Mm -hmm. the the trick scoring games where you're on teams Mm -hmm. is super fun and like they're not that difficult but it brings in that like competitiveness but also teamwork and like the the old fashioned card games have really dropped off as far as like mass people playing them, but they're still super fun. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, they're, they're good for sure. Especially if you can remember some some good ones, like there's a war or speed or, or like you know spit or like or some of the ones euchre ones. or yeah yeah. 
Some of those yeah. ones are really good. I don't know about cheat. That one's a bit bad because you're having <laughs> cards everywhere. That always gets complicated. One game that we really fell in love with last summer, we had my nephews who are a little bit older. They're 14. Mm-hmm. They came and played with, I think it was more appropriate for my son who's around 10 to play with them and the adults. Rather, my daughter was a little bit young for it still, but it's called Code Names. Have you ever played that yeah. game? Code Names is a great party game. Yeah, a really good party game. Yeah. Um, if you like, kind of like Guess Who, there's a, a bigger, like, you can make it party game type Guess Who, but din- uh, Dinosaur Tea Party, I think is what it's called. I think it is. The artwork's phenomenal, but, like, you're guessing, like, there's all these different dinosaurs, and they have, like, hats or pets or joy or food or tea or, like, cool. you know, like, is your dinosaur in the orange room? They're like, yes or no, and you, you, know, you move your tile up, and it's a little tea bag that's got, like, an someone's. It's it's a gorgeous game, but it's one of those, like, you know, whodunit type things, and it's yeah, the it's first like, to guess three dinosaurs wins. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like guess who, but way better. Mm, cool. My kids yeah. really love Clue, too. That was one, like, it's been interesting. Costco, just over the last couple of years, have, like, come out with these um, games. I don't know about in the U.S., but in Canada, they've kind of recreated, or a company has recreated, um, like, the traditional games, like Clue uh-huh. and Monopoly and things like that. And they've built them into these, like, beautiful, thick, like, wooden yeah. kind of games. And they're really uh-huh. gorgeous. We had a lot of fun playing Clue with those ones because our, our old Clue is, like, falling apart and <laughs> missing pieces and stuff. So it was nice to play, uh-huh. play Clue again. <laughs> If you if you like Clue, you would probably there's one from Days of Wonder, and it's a train game. And I'm going to apologize because I don't remember the name of it. But if you look on like the, I think the Days of Wonder website, you mm-hmm. should be able to find it. But it's it's a train game, and it's a whodunit, and it's very Clue, and you move from like train car to train car. But okay. there's also a time element, and so mm-hmm. partway through it does it. But you're trying to figure out like which passenger did it, and you know which car with which item, and it's like I say this with a bunch of games, but it's like Clue but better. Yeah, perfect. It's, it's very fun and it's a great whodunit. So but, you have a lot of experience with a lot of different games. Where do you find out about new games? Is it usually word of mouth or is it, um, do you go somewhere particularly like online to look at what games are good? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, like when I got married, <laughs> yeah, but it's not about like the game. But when I got married, my wife was like, hey, you have to like, there's a new rule in this house and you're only allowed to buy one board game a month. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm board game addict. I love playing them. And so I would go to, you know, your friendly local game store. It's mm-hmm. FLGS. If you know, you're on social media and someone says that that's what that means. Friendly local game store. Yeah. But you know, we've got a couple down here and they're phenomenal. They're just, you know, games everywhere. And I'll, you know, walk through their new arrivals and what they're playing. The, you know, the staff has notes and a lot of them have like, open games you can go and try and play within there and then you know put them back in it's got like a game oh, library so you don't have to buy a game to try it be like you know who wants to spend 60 dollars be like actually i hated that game yeah like, you know but either they a lot of them have libraries you can pull the game out and like learn it and be like oh this actually is cool like i like this and mm-hmm. i've played enough now that i know like i have a really good idea when i see a game and i can like look at the components and read about it and i'll go on to boardgamegeek.com and mm-hmm. like read some reviews and like how people talk about it. and i know like some reviewers like these types of games and some like those types and I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. Like, he's biased towards this. He's going to like this. And I know that I'm not going to really care for it. So I'll move on. Or mm. inversely, be like, oh, this guy likes the same games I do. Yeah. He, he likes this for these reasons. That's why I like these types of games. Like, I know I'm going to enjoy this. Mm. So there's a lot of different ways to find it. Like, 
again, like well, game stores, there's a bunch of social media groups that talk about games and people are always like, Hey, you know, I've, I, I like these five games. I'm going to have a recommendation. And then there'll be like a thousand comments. People are like, have you tried, you know, Gloomhaven or Madara or, you know, tic-tac-toe or whatever it is, right? Like people will tell you and give their own board game recommendations. And I mean, it's, there's a wealth of information to find out anything again, like there is a treat for any palette when it comes to the board game community and mm-hmm. the people are more than happy to help you find yours. That's awesome. I really like the games that uh, I challenge the kids to like think and like either requires a little bit of like either math or like critical thinking or like something so that it challenges their brains and it challenges mm-hmm. them. But aside from like the game itself, I think what you're saying is so so right there's so many other side benefits of like playing games together as a family um yeah. what's that saying like what uh families that play together stay together right <laughs> <laughs> goes to the board games <laughs> and i think having that like technology free like time together is really important yeah and i mean i want to go back to this and you, you made perfect segue going back to but you'd mentioned the screen time thing mm-hmm. right and I remember when I was growing up, like I was in the era of Super Nintendo and PlayStation and N64 and, you know, playing GoldenEye and like I wanted to play my video games. But even though I wanted to play those, like I still, there's a part of like the human being within me that's like, I want connection with my family. And even if I'm going to like pitch a fit and be like, board games, I want to just play my video game or be on my iPad, right? Like I know iPads didn't exist back then, but, but, you know, putting it to nowadays, right? kids like throwing a stink about not being on their phone but there is that like human connection that is like i want to be part of my family Mm -hmm. i want this quality time and yes there may be that initial resistance but when you are intentional with it and you do it correctly like you might have a few times where it's resistive but once you get through to like feeding and nurturing that human element that is desiring the familial place like it's a win and you're going to like move past that. But I feel like a lot of times we, we, re- we hit that initial resistance and we give up. Mm. Right. Ah, they don't like it. Like they don't like, they're not going to care. It's going to run it for everyone. They can just do their own thing. Right. I'm just going to give in because it's going to be easier, yeah. but like, that's not really what anyone really wants. Right. Like we forget when they're little kids, that their job is to push the boundaries and find out where we're going to tell them. No. Right? like, that's what little kids do to you. If anyone's listening and hasn't had a little kid, like they will drive you crazy and they will like, you'll be like, Hey man, don't, don't touch that. Right. Like that's, that's not for playing. And they'll look you dead in the eye and their hand will come up <laughs> and they'll push it over. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> that's their job though. Is their, their job is to push us and make us be the adult. And it can be hard when they get older and they, you know, throw a stink and have an attitude and have their own devices and you know want to shut you out but deep down regardless of age we all have that i want to be a part of my family and have them like i want to have a place with them and i want to be accepted and be loved and when the group is doing this thing even if they're sitting outside like being in the room with them part of it makes a big difference and as they see everyone having fun they're going to naturally want to join in they don't want to miss out and so it's getting past that like initial screen time pushback to being like, hey, like, you know, this is what we do. Yeah. And it I makes saw, a difference. I saw um, 
a, f- a girl in her, like, I would say 20s, mid-20s on TikTok just uh, recently. And she was doing um, a TikTok with her parents. And what they were talking mm-hmm. about is that they used to do this thing when she was in her teens and like young adult uh, age. And she uh, is that her parents would make this thing on Saturday night and it would be called the feast. And so her dad was talking about how he cooked this big feast and they'd invite anyone they wanted and they would have this feast together and they'd have conversations and all this. And they'd go into then playing games afterwards. And she said her mom would like read a book too. And she's like in their twenties and teens, like, these boys and girls would come over and they would just love it. And it was like, it was the favorite thing. So it was, they were, what they were trying to do is make it so good and so much fun that they didn't want to go out and just hang out on the street, that this was so much better a place to be. And I think they really, by the sounds of it, achieved, achieved this because yeah. they're talking about it and they did it for years. And um, the parents were just saying like, I don't care how much the food costs. It was, just like so awesome having like you know 10 15 like teenagers hanging out having a good time on a saturday night at the house and playing games and you know having some good food and that was so cool i want to go i want them to host the feast i I was like that's such a good idea like i want to be that house too (laughs) what a great place like i think i think that's the thing kids go out and wander around get in trouble because they don't have anything else to do they don't have anywhere anywhere else to go yeah i mean i was a good kid not necessarily because i was a good kid but because i didn't have any other options to be <laughs> and you're a military really hard <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty strict let's be honest here like, i was like if you go to jail don't call me i was like oh dear lord <laughs> yeah. i mean you know we go out and we play dance dance revolution and watch smallville together it was like mm. and everyone's like this guy is lame boo but like <laughs> it's just want to be with friends and hang out and enjoy it. and if you can make your home that place for your kids yeah like, a safe environment that's where they're going to want to be yeah i love it yeah i want to yeah. i'm gonna reinstate yeah, would... game night in our family i like this <laughs> it's a good idea <laughs> we do it when everyone's up at our place in the summer that's fun right like yeah sorry we <laughs> a bit of a delay there so go ahead <laughs> oh i was gonna say yeah it's you know game night is it's one of those things again like getting past that initial every time there's something new there's that like initial pushback right but i think when you approach it from like we're gonna make it so fun for everyone it's gonna be a win and making it a regular thing like your kids are gonna be excited about it and you know it's a great opportunity to try new games and try new things and really figure out again like what people like to play because again board game has gotten so broad and so many options like it's it's exciting thinking about like oh like maybe they like strategy games or you know and, and like matching games to personalities oh. or like a stressfulness right like there's one game it's a two player game if you ever have time like with like you and one of your kids like you do like a, a mom and son date or something like that and like there's one called Scotland Yard and the whole time one person's Mister X who's mostly invisible on the map and moves around and the other person is the detectives and they chase after and try to catch him and it's it's touted as like a, a two to five player game, but it works best one v one because it essentially is like one person tells everyone else what to do on the other side. Mm-hmm. So when one person controls all of them, it's just it works better. But the whole time, as Mr. X, you're like sweating, like they're on to me, like they're they're about to get me any minute. And as the detectives, you're sweating the whole time, be like, Mr. X can be anywhere. I have no idea where he is. <laughs> <laughs> 
the most stressful game I've ever played, but it's fun. (laughs) And so like you can figure out, you know, and match games to personalities and stuff. And as you learn what your kids enjoy and don't enjoy, like you can upgrade your gaming experience and learning like just it's so easy to elevate board games from where they were and what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with, you know, the tried and true classics, right? Like if you like Yahtzee and Risk and that's or in Scrabble and Rummy Cube and that's what you play, like that's great. Like my wife and I still play Rummy Cube every now and then together. Yeah, Yahtzee. we play Rummy like, Cube all the time. Yeah. yeah, we pull it out. It's it's fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's also fun to pull out like, you know, super obscure games that mm-hmm. really just burn your brain and this is just a whole different experience. So you find what works for you and your family and you you make that work. Yeah, I love it. Such a good, such good to rem- good reminder to get back to the board games. And actually, I like the idea of like maybe thinking of like everyone pick one and they bring one to the game night. Like you decide all week which one you want to play, and then we have a chance to play something that everyone has like had an opportunity uh, to think about. I think that's kind of a cool, cool way of doing. What's your yeah. favorite all time game ever? Ah, that is very difficult because it changes. Mm. Right? Like, just we we as people evolve and we change right like i'm not the same person i was 15 years ago and if i was that'd be a bad sign right like and through my progression like there's been lots of games it's like this game is the best ever <laughs> yeah uh, it's like BattleTech or rail baron or risk or acquire and now i really like different like dungeon crawls and super deep strategy games that's or the x-wing minis with my kid or you know, like I can't just be like, yeah, this is this is the best game, right? It's kind of like, what do you like better, apples or oranges or kiwis or Chinese food? Like, which one's the best food ever? I'm like, uh, <laughs> what am I hungry for? Well, I don't day. Know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, there's there are highlights within each category, but as far as like what's the best, I don't think it's a a fair comparison. Mm. And they're they're made differently for different people. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think that's, I think that's good. That's a great answer. Uh, it does evolve over time. I still have this like, this spot in my heart for categories. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm really excited. No it's fine. I'm, I'm really excited to get my kids to like categories because it will really mm-hmm. help with their spelling, right? <laughs> Ulterior motive to bring that one to game night. I think. <laughs> have you heard of Balderdash? Yes. <laughs> have you played Balderdash? No. It's like an old game, but I, I've never played it. It is an old game. It is phenomenal. It would be, I think, a great addition to your, your game nights for yeah. all generations. Nice. And it's it's been a long time. But if I remember correctly, like someone it's kind of like apples to apples with the judge, a person like reading oh, yeah, this stuff. True. Yeah. But it's I like it so much better because what happens is that they have like um the one person who has it is reading it off or whatever, and they have like a, an acronym, right? And they'll, and then everyone has to guess what the acronym stands for. And so everyone writes in their version of what it is and submits it. But the one person who knows it has the correct answer. And so the goal then is to like get a consensus to have everyone vote for either the correct answer or the incorrect answer. But and everyone's trying to pitch their own because the more people that vote for yours, like you get points. Right. So it's, it's this fun that. thing of like, yeah, just like ridiculousness of people just making up stuff because no one knows what any of these things mean or, you know, different phrases and stuff like that. So it's spans the generation gap and is very fun and creative. That's cool. I have to remember that one and go back to it. 
For sure. Well, this has been awesome chat about vid- about not video, not video <laughs> games, but board games. We can talk about those too. <laughs> games in general, but specifically board games and card games. And uh, I want to challenge our blissful parents out there to, you know, think about having a game night in their house. Uh, you know, as your as your book, you know, really helps people kind of figure out uh, which ones work for them and to help raise like compassionate, critical thinkers and leaders. And, you know, I love what you were saying about helping them lose, but also helping them win. Because I think all those strategies and all those um all those things that you learn when playing board games and cooperation and all that kind of stuff just transfers over to, to everyday life in such a, a fabulous way. Any words, last words of advice for our blissful parents out there? Yeah. If, if you're thinking about doing this with your kids, like my book is made for parents with young kids, right? Like four or five, six, seven, eight, like the young formative, I play Candyland or I play shoots and ladders and you know, I'd like to make this something that we continue to do as a family, but there's also relevant parts in it for kids that are, you know, 14, 15, 16, that never had a background in playing board games or never learned how to lose or how to win or like understanding why games are important to play as a family, right? So this is a book for you to read, not to like give to your kid to be like, hey, here, you know, read this so we can play games, but understanding how to approach a game and how to be able to unlock and make gaming easy for your family, I think is important. Right. And part of that, and it goes in the book a bit, but like setting the expectation, right? If you have young kids, don't expect to play this game the way the game is made to be played. By the rules. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the rules. And like we have to play the entire game. Right. There's like we have that compulsion for completion of like I started this, I need to finish it. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we play this for 15 minutes and, you know, little Timmy's tuckered out and like we're losing them. It's okay to fold it up and come back another time. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we can we can shift into another type of game or a different family activity. Like just because you start this doesn't mean that you're locked into it. And yeah. there's a lot of compassion and grace that goes into teaching your kids how to play board games that we don't inherently think about because games come with rules. And 99% of the time, we like to abide by rules because it gives us as adults a safe place to be in. Mm. But the goal is to make board games a safe place for your kids and not just safe, but fun and enjoyable. So molding that, like taking the game framework and molding it to your kids will change how they interact with and bring them back to the table again for more because it was a safe place for them, but also fun for everyone. So I know this, that was probably like a little woo-woo and uh, generic, oh, but I was, it was making me think. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah there, I mean, we could, I could chat game philosophy for hours with you, but my, I wrote the book. It wasn't to sell the book. I like, I have no intention of being like, you need to buy the book, but mm-hmm. I wrote it because I want to remind myself, but also to give it to my kids when they get older and they want to get their kids playing games with them mm-hmm. because it's part of their life and they're what they do and how we spend family time and they enjoy it. My kid is like, every day he goes, Dad, we're playing X-Wing Minis today. I'm like, no, God, that's a weekend game. Like the game takes five hours to play because we take all day. He goes, okay. Is this tomorrow, Saturday? I'm like, no, but he's like, ah. Like he, <laughs> he begs me every day to play games with them, which is exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, I want him to want to play with me. 
I want to play with him. Like I want that that time. And I'm sorry if I'm going way over here, um, but that's the goal. And so the book is for him when he's an adult and he has his own little kids. He goes, how do I get my kids to play with me? How do I get my kids to want to spend time with me? Right? Like that's important as a dad. That's what I want. And that's like, that's what I want for you. And the, you who's listening and watching us, like I want your kids to want to spend time with you Mm -hmm. and enjoy that. And board games have been that for me. And it's that way now for my family. And I want to help you get there. So feel free to grab it. You don't have to, right? Like listen to the podcast and be like, you know, just approach games with grace and understand that you can break the rules and you can make it fun in different ways from the game and tailor it to your kids. Right? That's the biggest thing. Tailor it to your kids, figure out what they like, what they don't like, what they can do, what they can't do. Attention spans, like figure out the shortcomings and the strengths of your kids and tailor your experience so that way they feel safe and fun. Awesome. That's I love it. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure we link the book to the show notes and I just want to thank you for uh, joining us today. It's been lots of fun. And our listeners can also find you at your digital marketer. I mean, they can find you at your uh, Oslet Traffic uh, a business. And so we're going to share with them what the website is and where they can connect with you over there too. Yeah, uh, I do Oslet Traffic. It's a digital marketing agency for businesses who want to show up on the first page of the Googler. And I say Googler because I think it's funny. Um, I like the Googler. But- but yeah, like, like most, <laughs> well, most businesses are like, Hey, you know, I, I Google my name and I show up. I'm like, well, that's cool. But that's a digital business card, right? Like I have to know Bob's dog grooming exists to find Bob. But mm-hmm. when I'm looking for, you know, dog grooming in Bellevue for a German shepherd, Bob is invisible. Right. And so it's to get you showing up for your services and what you provide, because that's how people interact with a brand that they don't know who you are. So mm-hmm. when you want clients coming and chasing you, that's what I help with visibility yeah. and exposure. So ocelottraffic.com and there's a link on there to schedule a call and we can chat. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending your time with us this afternoon. And uh, blissful parents out there, go challenge you to have a game night this week in your family and report back to us and tell us how it was. So thanks so much, Stephen. It's so great to have you here today. And blissful parents, see you again next week. Thanks, Michelle. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.